Let us go to God in prayer. Holy and most gracious God, we come to you this day with open hearts. We come to you this day on a journey, on very different places on that journey. So Lord, we pray that the meditations of our hearts, the words of my mouth, will be pleasing to you, and that in this time we would be transformed so that we might go out as changed people. Amen. Here we are again. It's Palm Sunday. If you had the distinct opportunity to join us out front, you experienced the pomp and the circumstance that leads us into Holy Week. There was a real live donkey of all things. Palm Sunday, in many respects, is quite a contrast to the tone and rhythms that we enter into on Ash Wednesday and carefully traverse during the Lenten season. Remember that we begin Lent by affirming our mortality. From dust we came, and to dust we shall return. The reference to Genesis echoes through the mark of the cross that we place on our forehead in the crumbling ashes. But, but our story doesn't end there. The cross we place on our foreheads is a reminder that our mortality, who we are, is defined by something greater, something beyond the dust of this earth. The mortality, our, our mortality is transformed through the love of God into an eternity beyond our understanding and imagination. It is important for us to approach Palm Sunday remembering that the journey began on that the journey that began on Ash Wednesday cannot be understood in any other way but through the cross. The only way that we can understand who this Messiah, Jesus, man on a donkey is, is through continuing on a journey that reeks of foolishness and failure. To follow this man on a donkey on a journey that defies all the expectations of this world, to only end up rewriting all the expectations of this world, setting a new path that transforms our hearts, our very beings, from being defined by darkness to instead being liberated by light. The final stretch of the journey begins with a donkey of all things and, and palm branches and crowds shouting Hosanna, which means Lord save us. After holding back from the excitement and festivities for the 40 days of Lent, it feels so cathartic to celebrate and, and to cheer, especially with our church family. It is fun and exciting to wave palm branches and join in the theater of welcoming Jesus into Jerusalem. 
The overall tone of the scripture, as we just heard with the help of the children, encourages expectation and revelry. It speaks to our deep desire to cheer on a conquering king, to cheer on someone who can save us from ourselves and, and the pain and the anguish of the world. It makes me think of the celebrations that follow big sports events. During the World Cup, the television crews would cut to live feeds from cities around the world, where crowds of people would be shouting and cheering and celebrating when their team scored or won a game. Whether you liked soccer or not, you couldn't help but get swept up in the excitement of it all. The crowd that welcomes Jesus is a mix of disciples and fellow followers who had encountered Jesus along his path to Jerusalem. Some had witnessed his miracles and were ready to call him the Messiah. Others of the crowd were swept up in the revelry as they were going about their business preparing for Passover. They all shout, Hosanna, Lord save us with an expectant hope that comes from a deep place of desire to be released from the injustices and the bondage and the pain and the suffering that they had encountered in the world. This crowd that shouts Hosanna knows the depth of what they are speaking to. There is a part of me that found it hard this week to imagine celebrating Palm Sunday in light of the tragic event that occurred in Nashville? How do we raise our songs of praise and wave our palms and remember Jesus's triumphant entry when the depth of brokenness and darkness is breaking through at what feels like every turn? As I read and reread this scripture, I was reminded that it is in fact this very text on the journey that we will take in this coming week that we need in this time. We need to be reminded that our salvation, the world's salvation, our hope in the darkest hour comes in the form of a humble king riding on a lowly donkey, not wielding a sword, but who walks through unjust punishment, humiliation, and sacrifice that we would experience life and life abundant. This is why I personally get so excited about having a real live donkey for Palm Sunday. It is a tangible reminder for me that what I expect, who I want Jesus to be, is the farthest thing from who he is, and that I am no different than those disciples on that first Palm Sunday. I need to stare that donkey in the face because I need to be forced to acknowledge that the knight in shining armor that the world says is the answer to all of our problems isn't coming, and even more importantly, isn't who we need. Power over power, confrontation over confrontation, guns against guns, trying to be the biggest or strongest and win through whatever means that we deem is necessary gets us nowhere, and is a sign of the great sin that has the tendency to grow within humanity. Take a real hard look at our world. 
Leaders posture against other leaders. Presidents make threats against one another. Countries attack other countries. People enact violence against other citizens. We live on the edge of what feels like layers of battles. Battles among countries, battles within our neighborhoods, battles within our families, battles within the hearts of our brothers and sisters in Christ. For some, that may feel dramatic to say, but I work with our young people, our children and our youth and our families. I talk with ministers and professors across the country who work with young people and families and congregations, and we are honestly in the middle of a crisis. The darkness of this world is rising up. The mental health of our teens is an epidemic of anxiety and depression. The vitriol of online spaces is allowing all of us, all of us, young and old, to cultivate hate equal to that enacted by Pilate. And then there is the violence. It used to be that only military chaplains would have to be prepared to sit with families and tell them their loved ones had been killed. Today, I and other pastors have to prepare ourselves for that reality. I've sat in this very building with a parent as they received news of a lockdown at their child's school. I sat with this parent not knowing what the outcome would be. Our own elementary Sunday school children noted a prayer on this banner, Hosanna, Lord, save us, that lockdowns at school are scary. On this Palm Sunday, we raise our palms, we shout, Hosanna, Lord, save us, and we follow Jesus into Jerusalem because we know we need someone to save us. Those in the crowd cheer on Jesus and shout, Lord, save us, because they too want power to triumph. They want to be on the winning side for once, for someone to come and conquer those in power. They cheer and commend Jesus as he slowly processes forward, wondering about who he is and imagining the answer. We can easily create our own version in our minds of who this man on a donkey is. The problem that we face, that the crowd and the disciples faced as well, is that our vision, our idea of who this man is and should be, is destined to disappoint us. It allows us to avoid the difficult reality of what it means to be a disciple of what it means to be saved, of what it means to wave our palms and shout, Hosanna, Lord, save us. What we want and what we need are two very different things that become clear through the events of Palm Sunday. We want Jesus to be on our side, to fight for us, to conquer those we don't like or we disagree with or we think are on the wrong side. We want justice that makes sense according to the rules of this world. Here is the hard truth. Jesus isn't the one to give us what we want. He doesn't ride into Jerusalem to conquer Pilate, to exact revenge or make the playing field even. We don't shout, Hosanna, Lord, save us, to a king who is going to use our methods, means, and models to usurp power. 
We shout Hosanna, Lord save us, to a king who knows the only way to defeat the evil and darkness that has crept into every corner of this world, into the hearts of humanity, is by facing it head on, is by showing the world a completely unimaginable and incomprehensible way forward. This Messiah, man on a donkey, Jesus, is exactly who we need. The darkness of this world cannot be overcome by any system that we could imagine or create. It can only be overcome by death. By the willingness of the Son of God to humbly sacrifice oneself through crucifixion on the cross, which disarmed and disarms the world. As we stand, palms in hand, gazing down the long road to Jerusalem that leads to the cross, we must ask ourselves if we actually mean Hosanna, Lord save us. Are we truly ready to fully acknowledge the places in our own lives, in our own hearts, that we need to take to the cross? Are we ready to journey with Christ through the pain, humiliation, and suffering, through the stench of death and burial, that we would encounter the great hope and glory and life-altering and death-altering gift of the resurrection? Covenant Presbyterian in Nashville is the church home of singer and songwriter Sandra McCracken. Sandra joined us here at First Pres a few years back for a concert. In a Facebook post this past week, she remarked that we do not grieve without hope. There is no truer statement of Christianity and the, and the journey that we undertake as disciples. On this Palm Sunday, I believe that deep down each of us, by stepping through the door, by meeting us in the processional outside or joining us online is saying, yes, yes, Lord, save us, yes. As we wave our palms, branches, we know that darkness, pain, and evil doesn't have the final word because Jesus has come and is coming and will come again. Sandra McCracken in her song, We Will Feast in the House of Zion, proclaims the hope that we have that comes to us through Christ's death and resurrection. She sings, we will feast in the house of Zion. We will sing with our hearts restored. He has done great things. We will say together, we will feast and we will weep no more. Brothers and sisters, this is the hope that has the power to outshine all grief the everlasting hope in Jesus Christ, the Alpha and the Omega, who through the power of the Holy Spirit is transforming our lives and world this day and in the days to come. Amen. <laughs>